Are you ready to take your marketing and advertising game to the next level? Join us at Advertising Week Europe at Picture House Central in London this 16th to 18th of May. Gain unparalleled insights and inspiration from the industry's top minds and network with the biggest brands and agencies in a city known for creativity and innovation. With top industry leaders from brands like Primark, Arla Foods, Uber, and Heineken. Inspiring speakers including talent supremo Simon Cowell and fashion designer Harris Reed, as well as cutting-edge insights, this is your chance to stay ahead of the curve. From AI to brand insights to the latest in tech and everything in between, Advertising Week Europe has got you covered. Join us at Advertising Week Europe and discover why it's a must-attend event for anyone in the marketing and advertising industry at any level. Register now at advertisingweek.com slash Europe and use promo code AW25 for 25% off of your passes. On today's episode, I speak with Eric Mayhew, co-founder, president, and chief product officer at Fluency. Eric and I discuss Fluency's evolution, the integration of Muse, a chat GPT enhanced tool now available in their platform, and the rise of generative AI in our marketing automation. I hope you enjoy this episode. Eric, welcome to the podcast. We're so happy to have you on today. Richard, thanks for having me. Very excited to be here today. I have so many questions, but let's start with the obvious ones. You're, you're president, chief product officer at Fluency. Tell us a little bit about Fluency and what you do there. Oh, awesome. Thanks for, for uh, asking about Fluency. Fluency is a, uh, a software company, all in marketing automation. We, we actually have the phrase robotic process automation for advertising, RPA for A. Um, we're a software company, first and foremost. It, what I do here at Fluency, when we first started it in 2017, uh, I'm one of our founders. I'm also a software geek, so I write a lot of software myself. I I am our president, but when you think about a startup, there were only four of us in the beginning. So it was really nice to have a founder team that had a really well-rounded bench. We have an operator. Um, that's our, our CEO came from an operations background. We have a chief revenue officer uh, with a really strong sales background, and we have two, our, our chief technology officer and myself as president, we are both software developers, specifically software developers in, in advertising tech. Um, the advertising tech side, I do think takes a different kind of development mindset. It's mm -hmm. uh, it's like tending a money fire all the time. There's a lot of stress and, and risk mitigation that you have to do in that kind of software development, and the APIs are complicated, heavily differ um, from, you know, from ad network to ad network and there's a lot that we do to make those things work we came from a background if it's okay if i can expand upon that a little bit a background where we ran one of the largest agencies for tier three automotive um, and i actually got to be a really big part of building that ad tech that was there as well and really enjoyed that that journey and what i felt there when we first when we first started that that platform in the previous company it was the the idea was it was going to be primarily a bid management platform what I found really quickly was the problem wasn't bid management, it was operations. There were a lot of requests that were extremely heavy. Margins are always thin. And it was very heavy, heavy weight to go do the ask that our clients were asking for. Friday afternoon, large specials coming in across a hundred different stores. And it was just hard to execute on with the tools that we had. Many of my friends that were in ad operations 
ruined a lot of weekends while we were trying to figure out how we were going to make this work. So we, I, I became very passionate in that, you know, through that journey to really solve the problem for my operations friends, to make it so that their job is easier. It's easier for them to be successful. They can do it with less hours and effectively widen that, that margin profile um, for, for our business, our previous business. When we kicked off fluency, we, the, the hypothesis was that wasn't unique to that business. That was that is a problem that all marketers face. You know, there's a common number, twenty percent margin on top uh, out there. That may not be everybody's, but that's a, you know that's a pretty common one, and that is always constantly under attack. It's always being eroded, and there's not a lot of, you know, there's not a lot of margin in there um, when you have two and three thousand dollar budgets at that level. There's not a lot of labor you can you can dedicate, and the task just gets harder and harder every year. So we felt like if we could get tech. If we get software that would do that menial task and leave that that labor force for the real long tail and the refinements, we would we would solve a couple of problems. One, the end advertiser would have a, an amazing experience. They will get high touch and and high value advertising while not paying large a large cost for management fees. Our agencies will will thicken their their margin profile and they'll do that because they can let the tech click buttons. And lots of people do all the, the very meaningful work, which includes things like um, ensuring that that the the ad strategy is, is is correct, that the that the mix, the media mix that people are using is the right media mix, that the budgets are are high enough to meet the demand in their marketplace. So you can do more of that high high value um, that high value function in the hours that you have allocated on those margin profiles. So here at Fluency, my main job is to is to understand the marketplace. I love to build software, so I personally write code all the time, enjoy it a lot, and um, help keep us current and relevant within the marketplace. Try to save people time and money. President of a software company, and you're still building software. That's, uh, I, I envy you. That That's not <laughs> something that you typically see. I mean, I've personally had a couple of startups in the past, and that was one of the things that I always had such a hard time letting go of was, you know, why did I do this in the first place? Well, I did it to pursue this thing I'm passionate about. And it turned into a business. And then you run that business. The next thing you know, you're never touching anything. I was never touching anything. So <laughs> hats off to you that you've you've managed to to do that. Well, Richard, it's not without effort, though. I'll, I'll be honest. The, uh, <laughs> there's a lot of pull to pull me away from those things. And I, I but I love it. I, I just genuinely love it. So it's it's hard for me to leave it behind. I I, I feel your story, though. Yeah, well, I, you're a stronger man than me, or at least a more <laughs> determined one than, than me. That was, um, yeah, it's that that's impressive. And so that's the the sort of evolution of fluency over. You know, it's it's you're still a young company, relatively speaking. One thing I'd like to ask is your take on the evolution of ad tech and marketing automation as it sits just over you know the past let's just say from you know the the dawn of fluency getting underway to present. How have you seen things evolve? Yes, yeah, it's, it's a great question. There's a lot that's gone on within Engine. So I, I feel it with what Google's done with smart bidding. I feel what they've done with um, a, uh, automated apply recommendations and the recommendations that they have. There's there's variants of that across the board. You can feel the move towards automation. It means that the hypothesis is correct. We definitely need automation in the space. I feel very comfortable in that statement. How you execute it is kind of that that next little nuance. What we felt, and it's kind of a, a luxury that we had with our previous our previous experience because we were in automotive, there's a lot of compliance and, and brand, you know, 
uh, brand safety that you have to be aware of. And that makes some of the automation extremely challenging. So what I have seen, what I believe is that the automation that's out there today is very good general purpose automation. I think Fluency has some of that in it as well. But what we did that we thought was relatively unique was ensure that we could handle compliance and brand safety along with automation, makes those, those two concepts marry together. And I think that's been one of the bigger challenges for anybody. And, and I have a theory as to why most platforms are, are, not, are not centered on any specific vertical. And Fluency, although it's not exclusively any one vertical, it's tunable to any individual vertical. So when you have an agency that's a general purpose, it's very hard to take advantage of that, that brand compliance concept. But if you have anything that has common thread in vertical uh, verticalization, uh, you can actually then set those rules up and let your automation run within governance. I think that's been a really important piece and a differentiator for fluency. The general space definitely reinforces automation. We can see it, we see it at Google. There's obviously a lot going on right now with, with AI. Um, those, those tools can write content. Um, what we've done some experimentation in that area, and I'm sure we'll, we'll hit on that in just a little bit, but we've done a lot of experimentation in that, in that area. And what I find is it is very challenging to keep it compliant and safe for brands. And that's, that's a place that we think that we've, we've done this marriage of, of, you know, full automation, we'll call it semi-automated, um, advertising. It can run fully autonomous with some setup and governance, uh, defining it, making it safe. Let's go ahead and get into that AI side of that, because whenever anybody says automation, my brain as something of a naive futurist is always to sort of go there to, to go to this place where, you know, the computers and the brains that they're developing over time are starting to take over and assist us with these tasks. You have a platform that you call Muse, and it's a, a chat GPT enhanced tool, which, you know, everybody loves chat GPT today. They do. Um, how does that work? And and tell me about the integration of it and its evolution with what you're doing. Yeah, that's a that's a great question. One of the things we try to do with Muse specifically is, at, obviously, ChatGPT is a very exciting new tech. When we first started to play with it, it was so obvious that it's it's so good today that there's no way we go back from it. It's it's go it's going wow. to go forward. So it's only going to get better and better. We we believe in that. What we what we have found is that we wanted to make sure that we were very inclusive of multiple AI technologies. There's a lot, there's a lot outside of chat GPT that's out there. So we, we formed Muse as this umbrella tech coverage of all of Fluency's AI. Fluency's AI is a little strong. Fluency's use of AI, we'll put it that way, because chat GPT definitely stands alone. Um, what we've done with Muse is made it so that it integrates into por portions of the tool intelligently and safely. So going back to that brand safety and that compliance conversation, we wanted to make sure that we could ask for content generation and then write our own custom scanners across that content generation to ensure that it stays brand compliant and it follows those, those rules and guidelines that we've seen in the marketplace. Muse was actually a lot of fun to put together and uh, I had a hand in it. Um, enjoyed doing it very much. Again, back to the software nerd in, in myself. Um, what we have found was it's got some unpredictability in results and, and they're pretty open about it. Uh, open AI will tell you what its limitations are. It can be extremely confidently wrong. And what we so what we felt we had to do in order to make it a practical use case out of it is to write that sanity check on the outside of it. Let it do its function properly. Then put 
scanners in just to ensure that the content coming back made sense with the, those governance rules. I think it'd be really challenging, candidly, to do full automation right now because of the, some of the limitations that are out there um, without the ability to express your, you know, your, your rule sets, your governance around your brand safety and compliance. So we think that that's been one of the, the major pieces that allows us to do AI, not just to help you with time savings, but also to do it in a way that, that is safe. I think that's it's, it's I always make it akin to self-driving cars. We all anybody that's ever been in a Tesla, it's a pretty amazing machine, but you have to keep your hand on that wheel. They they want you to keep touching it every so often just to make sure you're still there, still in control. And I think we're at that stage right now with AI as well. Put a little bit of a a, a touch on the wheel to make sure that it's still still relevant and and still accurate and and doing the things you want it to do. Walk me through what you know, brand and agency use of Muse would be just, I mean, in in the most simple possible version of it. Well, we write a lot of content in advertising and a lot of times we will find ourselves in a, say a verticalized agency that works all on gym equipment. There's Mm -hmm. only so many different ways to say we have, we have 24 seven weight, you know, access to our building, right? There's, there's only so many ways to say it. It can become very tedious to try to get differentiation from from client to client as you know, if you're running an agency that runs many clients. And this is just kind of this spark and inspiration that I think that we need to help us with those, those components. We, we like to think that we're, we're exchanging writing for reviewing on, on some level, at least at this point in, in the AI journey, but we don't have to spend the time to come up with another way to say, come on down to see us. We obviously know that in most ads, there's a, there's a call to action. Getting nice variations and libraries of calls to actions that you have seen and verified as, you know, as safe for 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 use. Letting ChatGPT help you with those types of things is, a, is an amazing use for it. We definitely found a couple other places that we can use AI that aren't just in content, but content's a really strong 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 position play. It does have some pretty good information even on keyword sets and negative keywords. We've we found that it, it makes good recommendations there. Data is a little dated. It's from you know, 2021, as if you remember. Mm-hmm. So. We see that it, it's a good seeder, a good starter, a good idea generator, and in short circuits, a lot of keystrokes. That's the first use that we have. One of the new pieces that we've really worked on uh, a lot lately, and I, I'm very excited about this side specifically, and very few people have seen it, but those that have, it's, it's pretty impressive. Um, we've, we've worked a lot on, on text-to-speech video generation, so AI generation, where we can actually have have avatars that that tell a narrative. We've worked hard on making sure those scripts make a lot of sense, tell a very good story. And what this allows us to do is allows us to help our agencies scale in a way that they can say for their lower spending accounts or or clients that just don't have the time to meet and go over performance. You can actually send them a video with your entire performance review, which if you think about the entire time savings, it's one of the major components in, in, in campaign management is, is value articulation, telling, telling your clients, what you've done for them over the last month um, and what the results were for their, from their advertising. We've got that set up in a way now where we can actually generate those videos automatically with a human narrative, with a, you know, with a voice over on an, an AI avatar. It's very, very cool. And, and that's, you know, that's under that use umbrella, even though that's not uh, chat GPT. So we see a lot of it in, in content generation and, con- and inspiration, thus the name use as well as the ability for us to do some of that communication to our 
to, to our clients, from our clients to our clients' clients. Interesting. And so when you kind of look ahead, and let's just call it, you know, an indefined amount of time, where do you see this sort of evolving over the next several years? Is it the type of thing? I mean, I've heard somebody, actually, I'm going to take a step back. I heard somebody the other day refer to AI as being really good at telling a story, but not necessarily great at writing a story. Is that sort of your finding or? That's a really, uh, let me, let me, let me process what that, what that's trying to say. Um, what I have definitely found is that I can get more predictable outcomes if I, if I write the story and allow chat GBT to rephrase, restate and give me variations. So if that's the if that's the telling side, if that's what that's that that statement's trying to get towards, I understand because if I give it just information and ask it to write me a narrative, I definitely do not like a lot of the outcomes that, that I've gotten there. It could be a tuning thing. There's a lot in prompt engineering right now to to try to get the best results out of ChatGPT. Mm -hmm. As a software developer, I have a little bit of an issue with that because it feels like we are exchanging deterministic software for non-deterministic guessing games with prompts but it's still a really neat space to, to be in and, and try to understand um so from my lens what i would say is it's very good at finite tasks smaller finite tasks like give me some variations of this same sentiment i've written the story myself i i, or I have i've written the story i'd like you to tell it in a different way and so that's really worked out well for us and that's kind of where we've we've focused uh, a lot of our energy and effort Interesting. So on the creative side of it, then, and getting back sort of to my original question, when you think of the future of the creative agency side of this, and I suppose to a degree, the brand side of it, are you seeing it performing more of a role in all the minutiae and freeing up creatives and, and so forth to really come up with better concepts and more creative ideas and things like that? That's, that's kind of where this feels like it's headed. It, I, I definitely agree with you, Richard. That's exactly where it feels like it's heading. I think most of the AI work that we'll see is in, in saving keystrokes. So creativity is not the place that I think that we will that we will trade off. I think we'll trade it off in keystrokes. So if we can write something that is an inspiration spark, we write the narrative that we want as you know as um, uh, as advertisers to say this is the thing that we want to talk about. But give me some variations, some some flavors that I can test against. It does a really, really excellent job in that area. And I, I just am very excited to see that we we have these options. Think about what Google's trying to do with responsive search ads. It's it's all about variations and A-B testing. So now we have this ability to take a seed idea, basically a narrative that we want to tell that we wrote because we we know the creativity that we want. Let ChatGPT generate our, our variations, make sure that they're, they stay compliant. And that there's no, you know, there's no uh, arguable items in those lists. But then let let Google's responsive search ads find the combinations that work best. Really se seems to be a, one of those great mixes that we have in the space right now to to help with automation and 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 really optimize our advertising. ChatGPT will definitely help with that. Interesting. Moving over to platforms, you know, the modern advertiser has to be. Well, it doesn't have to be, but chooses to be to varying degrees of success, you know, almost everywhere all the time. So that could be, you know, Google search, it could be Facebook, it could be YouTube, it could be Pinterest, it could be any number of things. How 
much are you gearing Muse to cover those bases? And if you can, give some examples as to how. You know, what does that look like to the the the, the receiver of these messages? Yeah, that's that's a great point. There's a tone tonality in almost all those channels that that differs. There are some commonalities. We still need oftentimes we still need a headline. We still need a description. Those those are com those are the common parts. Mm -hmm. But how we're engaging with that user at, on those different channels definitely differs. So strong prompt engineering will help you define or those seed elements that we're talking about for rephrasing. All of those pieces help us define how we're going to engage with those users on those those different channels. We've recently made this so this does work across the board on on search on Facebook on you know obviously Instagram if it's in Facebook but uh, in Pinterest and we we have some ways of advertising like we across the board on all these channels it's it's there and and ready to go for any place that we need to have a narrative that we want to have some variations and, and flavors to be able to test in. Like you said, however, those all those channels are different. Where we think that we've really done, and I know this is going to veer off just a little bit off the right. So if we take the content writing out of the equation, so we we have that handled, we have that handled through prompt engineering and and good inputs, you know, singular inputs that start the start the process. What we can really do from that that point forward is work on those longer tail settings that have been very elusive and very heavyweight on each of those different channels. A lot of it tends to be in audience management bidding strategies there's just these long attribution models conversion you know conversion measurement all of those things are, are also extremely heavy and they become one of those things that falls to the wayside because we have so much work to do on keystrokes um, this tool allows us to, to set up patterns just to think differently get the tedium out of the way and really focus on those longer tail pieces it's a it's an interesting question um we see it across the board that um the creative content does obviously matter but some of the places like targeting can almost have a, a more profound impact it's in some channels not in all channels but in some channels it can have a more profound impact who you're talking to rather than exactly how you say it so we want to make sure that we have the right bias of of, of focus and you know human attention on the parts of the on the parts that move the needle the most and we think that getting rid of some of this variation writing uh, or simplifying it, we don't even have to really get rid of it, but simplifying it, turning it into reviewing rather than than writing, really gives you more time back to go to go pull those long tail levers. Very cool, Eric. This has been amazing. I I'll tell you, you know, there's been a lot of of talk around Chat GPT and AI and how it can work with our industry. And you know, oh my God, the sky is falling and we're all going to lose our jobs. This has definitely been the most positive discussion around this I've had yet. <laughs> I appreciate that. I. I attribute some of that to the fact that, you know, you're in the trenches still coding and, and also running this company. That's, I, I think there should be more of that. That's just my own personal take on things, but I appreciate you taking the time to be on today. Where can people find out more about Fluency and Muse and yourself? Well, uh, fluency.inc uh, is, our, is our, our website. I would love it if people would go check that out. We have a pretty good presence on, on LinkedIn and Facebook and Instagram, just like everybody else should. But if you check out fluency.inc, there's a lot of information on there. Um, we just did a whole bunch of stuff in G2. So if you're if you're one of those G2 users that likes to look at software reviews, it's out there. Go take a look in G2. Um, you can hear from our user base, or you can hear directly from us. We'd love to we'd love to talk to anybody about it. The whole theory is let's just make everybody's life a little easier, a little bit better. Make people go home on a Friday on time and smile. 
and uh, <laughs> that's that's my goal no more crunch <laughs> no more crunch love it well thanks thanks so much for being on eric this has been great richard thank you so much thanks for listening if you enjoyed this podcast please consider subscribing to it sharing it with friends and colleagues or leaving us a positive review on your podcast platform of choice 